Bonzac, author of the June Nash Misadventure series, and when I'm not writing, I'm reading. I started this show to rave about new discoveries, chat with indie and small publishing house authors, and share from my works in progress. This is Books Cubed, interviews, raves, and reads. Good adventures, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of Books Cubed. If you are on the podcast, you can't see, but I am in a new location, uh, which you can't see because I have got a backdrop behind me because there's nothing in this room yet. Nothing. So just me. So uh, it is really super echoey. So I really hope that it is not bad. That's why I put the backdrop behind me. There will be things in here soon, uh, but not yet. And I need to get the show up. Today is, uh, what is today? Today's the 19th. The sun just went down and I have a lovely window that I face now. I didn't have a window before. So I have this lovely window and I had this great view of the outdoors and it was so green outside and so sunny and bright and I didn't have to use my light. It was so great and I took too long to get started on this and now it is dark outside and I'm having to use my light and it's just screwy. So behind me, I've got this lovely quilt that I made, gosh, 15 years ago. I spent a lot, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 15 years ago. And I made it for my dad. It is a giant crossword square. And then it's got a little square. Well, it's got like a nine inch crossword square. And then it has um, red and black and white checkers and red and white checkers and uh, black and white um, polka dots, and I think there's red and white polka dots too. I'm looking at it in the, my reflection here, and so I'm trying to remember what it, I pulled it out of a out of a um, out of an ottoman, and it was at the bottom, and I just haven't used it in ages. But I was hoping to uh, cut down on some of the um, echo in here, so that's why there's this screwy backdrop behind me. So this won't be here the next time uh, you see me if you watch on the podcast. Now, uh, like I said, new office. I am really excited. I am moving out. I moved out of the spare bedroom because my youngest is coming home to stay for a couple months to finish their degree. They're almost done and uh, they're going to come home and finish and, um, and then hopefully be on their way. They don't listen, um, well, to the podcast or to me. So, uh, but if anybody has kids, you uh, probably know the same thing. So uh, I will have a new, um, I have this office now, which used to be uh, our snake room. So we moved um, all the snakes to our bedroom and uh, all of the rest of the things went into the shed, which was absolutely nothing, just a lot of stuff that we've been carrying for years and years. And this, I, it's, it's nothing interesting. I don't know why I even keep it. I need to just really go through and just throw everything out. And one of these days, I just didn't feel like doing that. So I threw everything uh, in there. And mostly it's like, you know, my scripts from years past and, and um, snake cages and you know, nothing really interesting. Uh, which I wonder how many people have um, storage uh, rooms with absolutely nothing in them that they ever go back and look at ever again. I bet it's a lot of people. Bet it's a lot. So uh after I finish this show, I'm doing this show now and I'm going to get it all ready to go live on Thursday. It always goes live on Thursday because I will be on a plane on my way to Seattle. 
So I am going out to pick up youngest one, uh, child number two, and uh, we are going to drive cross country. And I have not been on a road trip in ages and I'm so excited, not just to see child number two, but to be on the road. It is, um, it's really good for my creative juices to be driving, just driving. And where I live now, I'm three miles from the coffee house where I write every day. So by the time I get there, I haven't really thought about anything and I just don't have time to really think. So I really miss, oh, got an itchy elbow, excuse me. I really miss uh, getting on the road and driving. When we lived in Tucson, my daughter was going to, my number one child was going to Flagstaff. And so I would hop in the car and I would drive up to see her and it was a five hour drive. And so a lot of the times I could finish a screenplay from uh, when I go to go up and get her and then coming back or just driving up to see her and coming back is about a 10 hour drive round trip. And I could finish a screenplay and I would use a voice recorder. <coughs> Excuse me. I would use a voice recorder and, uh, and then I would get home and I would transcribe everything. Though I remember one time I wrote this screenplay and by the time I got home, I thought, eh, is it really worth transcribing? And I really couldn't remember too much of it as I was getting out of the car and I thought, nah, not even gonna listen to it. And I deleted the whole thing. It was probably an amazing story. Well, I know it wasn't an amazing story because I couldn't remember anything that happened in it. So I'm excited about the road trip and that will be happening next week. So next week's show is gonna be from the road somewhere. And I will uh, finish, there's a couple books I'm trying to finish get the time to um, sit down and do them. It's not that I don't enjoy reading them. It's just I haven't had time to just sit and read uninterrupted. So I'm going to be on a plane. It's going to be wonderful. I've got the books to, re to read. I've got my, um, my Kindle is all charged and ready to go. And I will have, I think it's like nine hours flight total. So I will have nine hours of uninterrupted time to just sit and read. And it is going to be lovely. I should be able to finish two books um, while I'm uh, just on the flight out there. And then, you know, each evening after we've been done driving for the day, I'll be able to get a little reading. And so I might be able to finish another book on the road on the way home. So that's good. I usually read two books a week and it's making me nuts that I have just not had time to really read lately. Uh, I've been uh, recovering from surgery. And, you know, I talked last week or the week before about my cochlear implant surgery on the right ear, the right ear. I had to think about which ear was it? The left ear was done last year, last year, and the right ear was done um, on the 28th of January, almost a year to the day of when the first year was done. And uh, it's it's been itchy. I keep scratching. The scalp itches. The device is underneath the scalp, and I won't go into too many details because um, if you don't like blood and guts and things, uh, it's, you know, anyway. But the device is like, I don't know, three, four inches long and like one and a half inches wide, something like that. And that goes underneath the, the scalp, uh, behind the ear, behind the ear and above it a little bit. So uh, it, um, it tends to itch sometimes. Uh, the one on the left doesn't bother me very much, but this one, is a bit, as I've been getting feeling back in my ear, the, the device where the device is, the scalp has been kind of itchy. So I'm trying not to scratch it just so I don't you know bother it try to think of other things. My husband told me, just don't think about it. Oh yeah, I wish I'd thought of that. 
So anyway, so I'm excited about the road trip and I will um, um, hopefully do the show from the road somewhere in America. You know, I, I'm going pretty much across America. I'm, I'm going to Seattle and then we're going down through Eugene, Portland, to Reno, to Las Vegas, to um, Phoenix, to Tucson, where I will see Rosie. Hey, Rosie. Rosie is the audio narrator for my How to Sex Your Snake series, uh, my June Nash Misadventure series. And that was the first book, How to Sex Your Snake. And the next book that I'm working on right now is um, How to Square Your Grouper. But it, it does not go to the editor until April. So I have a little bit of time still to finish it. Even though I keep saying I'm going to have it done, it will be done on April 23rd because that's my birthday and I am not going to go another six months or whatever of, of trying to get this done. I have too many other things I want to start writing. So this needs to be done. I need to stop being a perfectionist and get the son of a gun to my editor. And she keeps saying to me, where the hell is it? And I said, yeah, you're right. Where the hell is it? I'm going to have it done. So um, anyway, I'll get to see Rosie. Hey, Rosie. And uh, it may just be a hit and run. Um, it probably will be because she works. And um, I'm hoping maybe I can catch her before breakfast or that night for drinks or something. Um, I might come down that night. We're going to stop in Phoenix. And I may go down that night and just catch up with her at like 11 o'clock for a couple minutes. And she's probably listening to this going, no, I'm not getting up at 11 o'clock. I'm a teacher. I have to be there at 7 a.m. And oh, it's terrible, the, the hours that, that teachers have to keep. So anyway, then we go through Tucson and then we uh, go south and we hit the border and we go right along the border. And then we go, we go through San Antonio, Houston, um, New Orleans, and then... We, oh, my friend Mia, I've got a friend Mia who lives in New Orleans and I should try to coordinate so I can catch up with her. Ooh, it's not that I'm not thinking of you, Mia. I just forgot that you moved to New Orleans. Then after New Orleans, we go across uh, to whatever's across there. We hit Florida and we go straight down the middle of Florida and I'm on the treasure coast of Florida. So I think it's, we'll do it in like six six days. We're hoping to do it in six nights. Um, so, but I'm excited. So I, I love road trips. So you'll probably hear all about it next week. Uh, okay. So I am going to read this week from the book that I am writing. I'm, I'm working on, <clears throat> I have the, the uh, June Nash Misadventure series that I'm writing. And there's also another series that I'm working on that I'm not going to release until the first three books are done. So um, as I'm writing the first three, I'm going to be reading from just the first one. But by the time I finish reading the first one, all three will be done and then they'll all get released rapidly like um, a few weeks apart. And so uh, I'm reading from that one and um, I'm going to read just chapter eight today because chapters nine and 10 are almost done, but there's a fight scene in chapter nine. And as a screenwriter, I can write, a fight ensues. And then the, uh, the uh, stunt coordinator is going to go through and they're gonna, do the, they're gonna do the scene. They're gonna do it and then the camera operator is gonna block it with them and they'll get it all done. And, and the writer doesn't have to do anything other than write 
a fight ensues. But with books, the reader kind of wants to know what ensues in the fight. So uh, I got to figure out. So it right now it's really lame. I don't like it at all. Oh, I've got an itch on my knee. Hang on. Okay. So uh, it's really lame right now. So um, I'm going to work on that. And then in four weeks when I read chapter nine, uh, hopefully it's an exciting fight that ensues, but it'd probably be just a couple lines uh, just because I just really don't go into tons of detail on anything. Um, I write stuff that's a very fast read. You can read my books in four or five hours. And uh, it's just a, a fast story. So I'm not going to spend page after page going into details um, about things just because it's not all that interesting. And I don't want to have people skipping. Uh, I tend to, if I'm reading a book and I start skipping sections, I remind myself, I make a note to myself, okay, when you're writing things like this, move it a little faster because um, I'm probably not the only one skipping sections. Okay, so I'm going to read from this book. So it's called Tentatively. Um, this series actually was a film first. And then uh, the June Nash books I wrote in the same location. And then one of the characters from Four Bullets ended up in the June Nash book. And now her character has got her own series. So it's sort of a spinoff, but it's not a spinoff. Um, but anyway, but it's the same world. Uh, and um, June Nash will probably appear in one of the the Four Bullets books. And uh, I don't, you know, the titles tentatively Four Bullets and a Ghost is the first one, Two Machetes and a Ghost is the second one, and I don't have a title for the third. Uh, and you can see where I'm going, the weapon, and then there's a private detective who her partner, her mentor, is murdered in the first book, and she helps him solve he comes back to help her solve his case, who killed him. So then he keeps bringing her people that are dead and like she's not getting paid and, and she's not happy about this. It's not that she can talk to people who are dead, but she only can when he's got somebody with him. And for some reason she can. I don't think I need to explain it. You know, nobody cares. It just, it just can happen. So anyway, I've got a, a minor problem with this chapter that I'm reading but I don't know if I'm just overthinking it. So after I read the chapter, I'll tell you what my think my minor problem is. And if you agree, leave me a note in the show notes. There's a link, uh, show notes. Leave me a link, leave me a comment. Oh, good gracious, I'm not starting again. Leave me a comment. There'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to uh, stop playing with my hair. I can see myself and I'm fiddling with my hair. So I'm going to go to what I'm going to read here, and I'm going to start reading. And uh, when I'm done, I'm going to stop, and then I'll talk to you. So here I go. This is chapter eight. Oh, if you want to read, if you want to hear chapters one through seven, go back to chapter four. That's going to be the first couple chapters. I think it's just the first chapter. And then there's two more um, podcasts that have the next couple chapters all the way up to chapter seven. So if you want to hear the earlier chapters, you got to go back, stop this and go back. But otherwise, continue on. So this is chapter eight, The Lowdown. Jack was waiting for her at the slice of heaven. A waiter led them silently through the crowded diner to an empty booth in the back. Finley ordered decaf coffee and peach pie a la mode. Me too, Jack said. 
but make mine real coffee. None of that watered-down stuff. She caught the waiter's sleeve. Make that too. But one of the coffee's regular. I'm meeting someone, she added. The waiter made a note. After he'd hurried away, she checked her phone. Three missed calls, probably from Zelda. She ignored them and rested the cell against her left ear. Who are you calling? Jack asked. Nobody. She said, but I can't hear you sit here talking to thin air. He waved a dismissive hand. Why not? Nobody's paying any attention. A quick glance around proved him right. Most of the diners had their heads bowed over their phones, not bothering to look up as they lifted forks to their mouths. Still, she was a little freaked out about sitting there talking to a ghost, so she kept her phone where it was. The waiter swung back by, swung back by and set everything in front of her, including the bill. Chances were good that they'd never see him again. So much for refills. They divided everything up, and as Jack dug into the pie, she glanced at the nearest tables. She could have taken her clothes off, and nobody would have noticed. God damn it, Jack mumbled through a mouthful, full mouth. I was starving. I didn't think ghosts needed to eat, Finley said. Why would you say that? She shrugged and watched him shove another spoonful into his mouth. A week ago, he was dead. Today was his funeral, and yet here they were having pie. It was surreal, yet oddly comforting. Nothing to do but roll with it. Can I ask you something? He shrugged. Sure. Where'd you go? I don't know, he said. One minute I was with you. The next, I was at Jimmy's. I think it has something to do with the car's electrical system. It shorts out whatever the hell I am. Finley shook her head. No, I mean, two years ago, when you left town. Ah, uh, Jack used his thumb to push all the loose pieces of crust into the remaining ice cream. I thought I'd try New Mexico. Why? I was retired, and it seemed as good a place as any. He took a sip of his coffee and shook a finger at the sugar shaker. She passed it over and switched her phone to the other ear. Why'd you come back? Not that it's not good to see you. You remember Rex? He slid the sugar back, but she ignored it. Yeah, your first partner. He died. Oh, I'm sorry. It happens. He scraped the last remnants of the pie off his plate and licked the spoon clean. I was here for the funeral, but thanks to the kid, I never made it. He pointed the spoon at her untouched plate. You going to eat that? She slid the plate over. Tell me about the kid. Well, he said, digging in, first time I remember seeing him was at the Shell Station of Ronina. I parked and there he was, a couple spots down. I go inside for a quick piss, get a cup of coffee, and come back. Kid's still there, like he's waiting for something. Maybe he just needed to take a quick piss, too. She finished her coffee and looked around for the waiter. Maybe. Jack turned in his seat and pointed to a booth near the window. Then I see him the next day, over there. And I'm sitting, another twist, and he jabbed a finger at the table behind them. There. The kid's just staring at me, like he knew something I should have. Apparently something worth killing for. You think the kid had some kind of grudge? Jack asked. Finley switched her phone to the other ear. I saw his face right before he pulled the trigger. It was hate, pure and simple. You know, maybe it's an old case. Where are your files? Everything I worked with Rex stayed with him. You think his wife kept them? We can ask her at the party. What party? My wake? 
He tucked a card from one of the, he tugged a card from one of the pockets of his trench coat. It was an announcement for his memorial service. Oh yeah, I forgot you were. She turned the card over. The dress was half covered by a lipstick kiss. Did you get this off my bed? He shrugged. Mine must have gotten lost in the mail. How long have you been hanging around? She thought about that morning and the night before. Jack, a couple of heads at the nearby table at a nearby table lifted up. She offered an apologetic smile and put her phone back to her ear. If you're going to haunt me, we need to set some ground rules. Hey, I'm not some peeping Tom. You were already gone this morning. He waved the card. You want to go get my case files or sit here and lecture me? She dug a 20 out of her wallet. Actually, neither. She wasn't quite ready to try and explain all this to Zelda. I need to make a stop first. Damn, I've missed this. They were on a bench in a little park across the street from the preferred hotel. Finley cradled a long lens Nikon in her lap. Jack was most of the way through a bag of Doritos and a big gulp. You've already been dead a week, Jack. No, I mean the job, being a PI. Weren't you working as one in New Mexico? Nah, he shook his head. No contacts. It was easier to do security. It paid good. I could read at work. And there was that strip club across the street from the building. TMI, Jack. So are you ever going to tell me what we're waiting for? Her. Finley pointed to a woman in the crosswalk. She looked like a typical young housewife, out for an afternoon of shopping, blue cotton skirt and white t-shirt, flats on her feet, straw bag over her shoulder. Why is she walking like that? It was odd. She was taking the crosswalk like it was the procession at an outdoor wedding. Step, pause, step, pause, step. Finley lifted her camera and began to snap photos. I think she can see you, Jack said. I hope so. So what's going on, Jack asked. What do you mean? You knew where to find her, and she knows you're here. What's up with this gal? You're a detective, Jack. Finley snapped off a few more photos and let the camera drop to her side. You figured out. She's getting away. Finley looked up to see the woman disappear into the hotel. She grinned at Jack. Come on. By the time they made it inside, the woman was most of the way across the lobby and headed for a bank of elevators. Good afternoon. A desk clerk looked up from her computer, a cheerful smile painted on her face. Finley held up her camera. Oh my God, I love this hotel. I love this town. In front of them, there was a loud ding. The elevator had arrived. Finley kept the clerk's gaze. The architecture so reminiscent of post-neoclassical deco. The clerk's smile faltered. Yes, it's, it's so... She clicked her tongue, unsure how to answer, and then found something on her desk to look at instead. Finley raised her camera and clicked off a shot of the elevators as the doors slid shut. Behind her, she could hear the clerk greet another customer, another arrival. What now, Jack asked. The stairs? They reached the bank of elevators and Finley turned left. For now, the bathroom. She pushed the door open with her hip. I'll just wait here, Jack said as the door swung shut. The room was a good size. Three stalls, three sinks, a couch, a chair at the far end, a potted plant between them. Finley went to the mirror first and stared at her reflection. Didn't look like the face of a crazy person. She considered checking her phone. There were bound to be more messages from Zelda. What the hell was she going to tell her about Jack? And should she? If Zelda and Tony compared notes, she was going to find herself on the wrong end of a 72-hour hold at the funny farm. 
She pushed away from the sink and went over to the middle stall, remembering to check for toilet paper before she sat down. The roll was empty, of course, so she unlocked the door and found herself face to face with a teenage girl. She was dressed all in black. Mid-drift top, mini-skirt, ballet flats on her feet. The coordination continued to the backpack that filled her arms. For a hot second, Finley wanted to ask if she was going to a funeral. Her expression certainly screamed sadness. Instead, she jerked a thumb over her shoulder. There's no TP in that one. You should be dead too, the girl said. And then she reached into her backpack. Okay, so that's it. Now, what were the problems that I had? Um, the waiter doesn't care, so he walks away. I got to change that line. Uh, it was a little abrupt. Um, does she worry more when she sits down? Does she worry about Jack, about, you know, plates and cups moving through the air and not having anybody attached to them? Uh, does Jack walk over? I thought maybe Jack maybe should walk over and pick up, talk to the people. Nobody does any, says anything. And he takes like something from somebody. And so at the table, um, nobody notices him, but maybe they, I don't know if they missed the item or not, but I thought about him maybe going over to one of the tables. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's fine the way it is. Um, I think, I think that was it mainly her worrying about, uh, oh, and, and I need to describe the lady. <clears throat> excuse me. I need to describe, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's kind of uh, raw. Um, I need to describe the lady in the crosswalk also. Uh, what does she look like? What race is she? Um, is there anything else interesting about her? I need to describe her a little more. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, you know, it's not afternoon, so I need to change that. The um, the uh, clerk saying good afternoon. I think it's still like 1030 in the morning, almost 11 o'clock. So I have to look back at my notes to see a, my timeline. Anyway, so that's it. And um, if you have any comments, uh, you agree or don't agree, go down and click the link in the show notes. And that will take you to the page for this podcast, and you can leave the note at the bottom of that page. And I think that's it now, and I need to go pack. I have not packed anything yet. I had this microphone packed, and then I took it back out of my suitcase to use it. I got to get it packed because, like I said, I'm going to do a show on the road. So um, I need to get moving. Uh, I have still so much to do. And so little time to do it in. Uh, that's like from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but um, I totally dorked up the line. So uh, I will stop hemming and hawing and uh, stalling. And I hate packing. I super hate packing. And especially when I have to go to a really cold place and then end up in a really warm place because we'll be driving like across Texas. It's going to be warm. Hopefully, no, but we'll be in a car. So, you know, I guess it won't really matter. Turn the heater on. Anyway, so I am going to stop this and uh, I will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.